Hello, everybody. This is Daniel Gregory, and you are listening to the Perceptive Photographer podcast here on the podcasting universe of the little bits of data that transfer on all the little wires and airwaves of the internet. So thanks for joining me. This is episode 467. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of quotes from Art and Fear, the book by Ted Orland and Richard Bayless. I had returned to reading that book. But a couple of quick notes. Don't forget, I got a bunch of workshops up on my website. So if you haven't taken a look, head on up to danieljgregory.com. Click on that 2024 workshop link and you can see some of the workshops that are coming up. Also, I have a free webinar coming up on March 7th at 11 a.m. Pacific time, which I'll be editing some of the users' photographs. So some of the users, some of the participants' photographs. So if you're one of the first 50 people to sign up, I'll ping you with an email here in about a week. Get an image uploaded and then you'll see how I would potentially edit your photographs in black and white. So just a fun little webinar and make sure you check that out and sign up for that. Link's also available up on my website and in my newsletter that just came out yesterday or the day before. Again, depending on when you listen to the podcast, it might have been a week ago. But anyway, I wanted today to sort of return to a couple of concepts that are in the book Art and Fear. And I'm teaching a class right now called Imitate, Influence, and Inspire at the school that I'm a faculty member at. And in that class, we we're looking at a couple of other books, but I had returned to reading several books before I picked the textbooks for the quarter curriculum. And Art and Fear was on the very short list. I ended up going with the view from the studio door for the class because it's sort of a different take on the day-to-day -day interactions of art. But a couple of quotes really stuck out with me inside Art and Fear that have sort of tied into some of the things I've talked about the last several podcasts. And I've finally gotten to the point where I'm ready to kind of talk about them in this week's podcast. And so what we're really looking at in here is this idea of how we end up becoming sort of good at the work we create, at the art we create? How does that actually come about? Because one of the things that I've oftentimes struggled at a lot when I was younger, earlier in my photographic process, was this desire to make great photographs. And I think it was a goal that I think all of us have is to make great photographs and interesting photographs and compelling photographs. And we look at other photographers' work and what we're oftentimes seeing is sort of the best of their work as well. And it can easily get sort of distracting. It can get hard. It can get difficult. And we sort of feel like we're never measuring up to the quality, the, the level we should be as a photographer in the work we create. Which is one of the reasons why I sort of think art and fear is an interesting one. Because while it's not specifically targeted to photographers, there is a lot of conversation in that book about that. And a couple of the quotes that really sort of jumped out at me is one of them was, the function of overwhelming majority of your artwork is simply to teach you how to make the small fraction of your artwork that soars. One of the basic and difficult lessons every artist must learn is that even failed pieces are essential. X-rays of famous paintings reveal that even master artists sometimes made basic mid-course corrections or deleted really dumb mistakes by overpainting the still wet canvas. The point is that you learn how to make your work by making your work. And a great many of the pieces you make along the way will never stand out as finished art. The best you can do is make art you care about, and lots of it. And what I love about that quote is, one, it references that even master artists, master people, run into problems, and they have to re-pivot and re-change. But the other sort of piece in there that is interesting is that we create a lot of work that actually doesn't make the art cut. It doesn't actually rise to the level where we would want to necessarily share it with others, have it be something we would hang on the wall. 
but that we have to do that work. We have to create enough work so that we can have available to us the resources, and I don't mean the technical resources as a photographer, but the mental resources available to know what it takes to make work that we care about. And one of the things I've oftentimes talked about in my Meaningful Images workshops and in classes and content is that the goal is to try to create meaningful work, try to create meaningful work. But one of the equations that's in there, one of the parts of that process is you've got to figure out what you care about so that you can then focus on making things that you care about. And there's a disconnect there, I think, that when we start to realize, well, wait a second, if I figure out what I care about, whatever that thing that matters to me the most, that that is in in essence, the end of the journey. Oh, I've done the work, I've figured out the photographs and I figured out what matters to me. And so now all my photographs are gonna be good. All those really bad photographs that helps you get to the place of figuring out what matters to you just means that you got to the point where you're now at least creating work that matters to you. It doesn't mean it's the most expressive. It doesn't mean it's the most accurate, the most reflective of the type of quality that you want and the type of, visual imagery language that you want to use. It just means that at least we care enough about the work that we're going to continue to work on it. We're not stuck in a doldrum of making things that we don't care about because we're in the imitation factor of someone else. But we still have to create a lot of work. We still have to do a lot of clicks of that shutter, a lot of edits inside of the computer, a lot of prints to get to the point where we understand that not only is these the things that I care about, but these are also within that realm how I decide what is going to work as a photograph and what is not going to work as a photograph. And to me, that's the interesting part. We get both sides of those equations, but they both come from what is essentially the same workflow. Make a lot of work to figure out what you care about, then make a lot of work so that you can, within that realm of that work, figure out what is the best of you that comes out on the things that matter to you. The same, there's just a, sort of side quote to that before we jump into the sort of the next bigger topic. But the, the other quote that sort of puts a book in on this was, you make good work by, among other things, making lots of work that isn't very good and gradually weeding out the parts that aren't good, the parts that aren't yours. I call it feedback. It's the most direct route to learning about your own vision. It's also called doing your work. After all, someone has to do your work. You're the closest person around. But I love that idea of the weeding out the parts that aren't good. One of the things that we're going in and we're looking at work, we've started to figure out a vocabulary, a language that describes how our work is done, how our work's going to be created. And in that process, we develop sort of a deeper understanding to ultimately what is our work. And our work is both the combination of the vision and the essence of the quality they combine those together. So I think that was a really sort of interesting element within that context. Now, the second quote that, well, I guess the third quote technically, but the next thing that sort of really jumped out at me this time when I was reading the book was, in the end, it all comes down to this. You have a choice, or more accurately, a ro- rolling tangle of choices between giving your work your best shot and risking that it will not make you happy or not giving it your best shot and thereby guaranteeing that it will not make you happy. It becomes a choice between certainty and uncertainty. And curiously, uncertainty is the comfortable choice. What I found interesting about that is the uncertainty of what we do versus the certainty of what we do. 
It is much more difficult in some ways to do your best foot forward every time, to not mail it in, so to speak. When we create work that is meaningful to us, it requires us to dig a little deeper. It requires us to think a little bit more. It requires us to feel a little more, to get emotional a little more. And it's easy to not do that. It's really easy just to go out and not be us and to take photographs that don't matter to us and make pretty photographs and in, you know maybe somewhat compositionally interesting photographs, but they're still sort of soulless to who we are. And that the default state of being is to be in that state of not allowing ourselves to be happy when we create work. By not allowing ourselves to be happy, we never get to be, then be who we want to be, which is happy. I think most of us wake up on any given day and we would like to be happy. We'd like to be happy with the work we create. We'd like to be happy with our jobs. We'd like to be happy with our families. We want things to be happy. But in the creation of our work and the creation of our art, we sometimes end up in a weird sort of spot there where we, by sort of our state of being, don't always push ourselves to create that more challenging work. All right, the next quote that I've found, which I, to me, I think really struck a chord this time in a way I hadn't before, because I didn't remember this. Like, I remember a lot of art and fear. I remember him talking about the pottery teacher, and I remember him talking about a lot of these angst we feel and a lot of the way we sort of approach our mentality of, of getting work done. But this quote was, if art is made by ordinary people, then you'd have to allow that the ideal artist would also be an ordinary person too, with the whole unusual mixed bag of traits that real human beings possess. This is a giant hint about art because it struggles that our flaws and weaknesses, while often obstacles to getting work done, are also our source of strength as well. Something about making art has to do with overcoming things, giving us clear opportunity for doing things in ways we have always known we should do them. And what I love about this is that there is no sort of magic that one person gets to be the successful artist or the ideal artist or the best photographer or the best fashion photographer or wedding photographer, that it's everyday people who show up and are willing to work through the struggle of how they create work. And the thing I really liked about the quote is that art is about struggling with our flaws and weaknesses. And that while those are the obstacles we jump through, those are the things that actually empower us to be really who we are and give us the strength to persevere in the creation of our meaningful photography. Too many times I think we think about a, a weakness as something that is the hindrance or the impediment to us being successful. And when you start to flip things around, one of the great things about sort of creativity is approaching the same idea from a different direction, trying to come up with a new way of seeing things, a different way of seeing things. And when you start to think of weaknesses as strengths, not just as a weakness, but as both, it opens up an interesting opportunity for you to recontextualize how you create work and how you see your work and what you think makes your work better, what makes your work interesting. Maybe some of those things that you think are flaws are what are missing from the conversation you're having with your work as you try to ascribe and create more meaningful work. You're trying to put forward a false front of who you are, not an accurate representation of who you are. And by willing to embrace sort of those thoughts, those ideas that you're uncomfortable with or you think aren't of importance and value, that actually might be the thing that pivots your work into a much more interesting point. And then the last quote I'm going to leave you with is, artists slash photographers, don't get down to work 
until the pain of working is exceeded by the pain of not working. And so for all of you who sometimes get in the negative headspace of, oh, I'm just not working. I haven't picked up my camera. I'm not doing this. I really need to do this. Just know eventually it's going to annoy you so bad that you are not photographing, not making photographs, not sharing photographs, not talking about photographs. Eventually that pain threshold will get high enough. You return back to your work. So you don't have to always feel bad if you're not making work. It's just a normal part of the process. So anyway, like I said, because of the class I was teaching and digging for textbooks for students to read, I ended up rereading Art and Fear a few months ago, and those quotes have sort of just lingered with me, and I just wanted to make sure we talked about those a little bit today. And if you haven't read Art and Fear, it's absolutely worth picking up. And if you read it years ago, it's worth picking up. There's always some new sort of interpretation, spin, observation to pull out of that great classic textbook. So Actually, it's not a textbook in normal circumstances, but it is for this quarter. So anyway, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And if you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. And that way you'll always be notified of the latest episodes as they go live each and every Monday. Again, have a wonderful week. This is Daniel Gregory. You've been listening to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, and I'll see you next time.